Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh Bond from Rocket Recovery. And this is Lesson 5 on the Spirit and Soul Disconnect book. So we've had several Rocket Recovery books. We had 12 lessons on anxiety. And if we don't take care of our anxiety, Joshua, we end up with uh, the tormented mind where we're offended all the time. We don't know how to forgive. And then we end up with trauma. So the trauma book went through 18 lessons of learning how to reprogram that, learning how to pull it up, learning how to walk in the fruit of the spirit. And that's on our Podbean Um on our podcast with Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, if you want to listen to the replays. So today we are on lesson five, and we're going to talk about undisciplined thinking. Kick us off with the scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we demolish arguments and every petition. Pretension. Pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we want to take captive our thoughts. We want to understand when things are coming against us and against God. Because our thoughts are the things that go astray, that land us uh, in addiction. That's facts, Angie. I spent most of my life in this right here. Undisciplined thinking. Undisciplined thinking. So until I can command my thoughts and tell myself what to, what I will and will not think, I'm literally following emotions, which are blind guides with no intelligence, and I'm going to end up in a ditch. So instead, I want to think with the principles of God's Word. So today, kick us off with the introduction. As I searched for reasons for my mental instability, I realized my thinking was irrational and and uncontrolled undisciplined thinking was my greatest problem i indulged every sick sorry thought of or emotion that came my way i either lived repeating past trauma or imagining future tragedy when i recognized this pattern it became a crossroad for me oh so now if i relive the past my brain does not know that it's not happening right now so I'm literally ingraining it. Every time I allow myself to think it, I'm literally reliving it like it's happening right now. And I can feel my body respond to it. I can feel my breathing get uh, tight and anxious and fearful. And I can feel the sweating. And, and it's like, and now I'm like a tiger's chasing me. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the, the sympathetic nervous system and I've lost my peace. Yes. So we've got to be able to control our thinking. So let's go for the next Am I going to live my life with passive, uncontrollable thoughts? Hmm. Or am I taking charge of my thinking and stay in the present moment and enjoy my day? So a lot of times when my thinking is passive, I hear what's bothering me. I hear what it is that I need to release to the Lord, what I need to pray over, what I need to discharge and detach from. And and I need to stay in that present moment so I can, otherwise I, I, I lose today. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I lose today. I'm literally just <clears throat> fearful and running. So let's go for the lesson. Um, first, we must be intentional about what we think. Undisciplined thinking is ac- accompanied by compulsive manipulation to control people and circumstances. Mm-hmm. It also creates impulsive decisions to temporary stop its cycles. A change in circumstances, even if it is a foolish decision, brings a momentary relief from obsessive thinking. So if I... Uh, I'm in a sober house and I am anxious and reliving the trauma from the past. If I just do something running, whether I have a place to go or not, that's going to make me feel like I did something. That's a fact. Yeah. Exercise, anything, read. Yeah. 
yeah change the mind whatever yeah. it takes so to you've got to you've got to pull that up and you've got to say whoa i'm going to do retrain myself and do something different so we want to talk about and and the way i came up with these undisciplined thinkings uh is that i experienced all of them so um if you're saying yes to this little gra- this little chart that we're going to go through here, it's got 17 different types of undisciplined thinking that I found in the Bible. So if you're saying yes to some of these, uh, this, there's an area that you need to work on. So uh, number one. Despair of the future. Number two. Suicidal thoughts. Number three. Depression. Number four. Discontent. Number five. Anxiety and constant worry. Hmm. Number six. Fear with torment. Uh, now, let's talk about one or two of these. When I uh, leave somebody who's depressed, I I pick up their depression. <laughs> I wasn't depressed when I went in, and now I'm depressed when I go out. So I'm just starting to be mindful, very aware of my mood, and very aware when I have peace, and very aware of when I lose it. And then I go back and... Uh, trace the jelly beans you know the Pooh bear left and think where where's my contentment where's my peace so a lot of times I start my day with an intention today I'll be content today I'm going to hold on to my peace and then I'm aware of when I lose it yes is there any of these you want to talk about um anxiety and constant worry because mm. I've been stuck in that a lot of my life because I've always made the wrong de- decisions so I'd always regret some of the decisions I made and I had anxiety about this is not going to come to pass. I'm not going to do this right because I always lived in the past. Like we talked about before, uh, I always see myself as my past instead mm. of what I could be and mm. what I am doing. I, you know what I mean? I had anxiety. <laughs> so how are you going to change your past? What'd you tell me in the truck on the way over here? You don't change your past. Yeah, but you said what you were going to do when that past comes up. Oh, I tell the little guy to shut up. (laughs) There you go. Do you not know who my father is? (laughs) That's right. God. That's right. And I'm the new man. (laughs) I am transformed. I am made in his image, and I am perfected in the love of Christ right now. I'm covered in his righteousness. Because we as alcoholics have to do this. Yeah. You have to. This is life or death. Yeah, because if not, you've got that little nagging accuser. Yes. Well, when somebody's accusing you in your mind, that's not God. That's not right. his love. That's that's the enemy. The enemy's the accuser. That's right. So you just tell him to do what Josh just said. Yeah. Shut up and shut, yeah. <laughs> sit yeah. down and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you tell that accuser you're not listening to him today. So number seven. Number seven, double-mindedness. Mm, what is double-mindedness? Do you know what that is? In uh, James, it says if we're double-minded, we're unstable. Yes. So it, it's I will, I won't. Yeah. I will, I won't. I can. I, I can't. can't. <laughs> so if you're wrestling with uh, some double-mindedness, really set with it and and go from good, better to best and choose the best. Okay, number eight. Overwhelmed. Number nine. Racing negative thinking. So if there's automatic thinking that we do that just turns into racing thoughts and then you can't rest. Yes. And sometimes it's a... Um, something that somebody else said, something that just happened. And if you can let go of the outcome of what just happened, now you can breathe and now you can rest. And now you can turn it over to the Lord and say, oh, I just can't wait to see what you're going to do with this one, God. But that's that little childlike trust. Yes. Okay, number 10. Pouty 
broody. <laughs> I see. I, I I am that a lot. I mean, not so much anymore. But in my addiction, I I seen that because I thought I was owed something, or I thought I deserved better. But I wasn't really. I wasn't ready to work for better. Yeah. So I didn't deserve anything. You know what I mean? Uh, number eleven, melancholy. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm just kind of sad all the time. I'm just carrying a, a weight, a cloud of, you know, an Eeyore cloud of doom over me all the time. Number 12, daydreaming, escape thinking. Yeah, that way I'm, I don't have to live my life. I can live somebody else's. Yeah. But then that runs me into that little fairy tale thinking, and then I think it's always going to be greener somewhere else. So then I refuse to do the work where I'm at now. Does that That's make sense? Fact. That's a fact. Yeah, so I've got to stay in reality. Yes. Number 13. Contentious, arguing. Hmm. Sometimes if I don't want to do the work, I'm arguing with myself, and if you interrupt me, <laughs> you're going to get it. Yes. <laughs> Number 14. Confused. Number 15. Stubborn and rebellious. Number 16. Hopeless. 17. Untrustworthy, unable to trust yourself. Yeah, so if I have a fear bond, I don't trust myself. I don't trust others. It's very difficult to keep moving and enjoy my life. Uh, it's very difficult to have relationships because I'm, I'm a little paranoid. I think they're thinking. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, I live it. Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah. I'm getting better at it right now, but that's still something that a lot of people battle with in and out of addiction. You know what I mean? So I've tried to, to make a mental note to always think the best. And when I hear that paranoia and that, oh, I bet they're thinking about doing, I just I just wait yeah. until I really know. And yeah. in between now and then, I pray for them. Yes. Okay, so read right here. This mental type of thinking causes instability from irrational and uncontrolled noisy mental rambling. Undisciplined thinking is a great problem and Precipitate. precipitates addictive behaviors, enabling and substance use. So enablers are just as big addicts as those that are in substance use. We're addicted to fixing, managing, controlling the addict and for a good outcome. Does that make sense? Yes, it's, I've seen it a uh, lot, Picking actually. you up, standing you up, shaking you off, making you look good. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Sometimes we want it more than they do. And it's very important that I that as an enabler that I back up and let other people have responsibilities. So Josh gave me an assignment a week ago and told me to write about my enabling behaviors. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I mean, I know I wrote the enabler book, but sure enough, there I was. I was doing some of them. So I had to back up, repent. So anytime you've got despair of the future, suicidal thoughts, depression, discontentment, anxiety, worry and fear, double-mindedness, overwhelm, negative thinking, racing thoughts, pouty, broody, melancholy, daydreamy, contentious, arguing, confused, stubborn, rebellious, hopeless, or untrustworthy, you've got some undisciplined thinking that we've got to rein in. So now we're going to learn how to evaluate some of this. Master your emotions by taking charge of your thinking. Hmm. All right. So my thinking drives my emotions. So as I start uh, singing, quoting my scripture to myself, talking to myself in a kind, gracious way, I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. My, my thought patterns are going to change. So here's a thinking evaluation. Number one. Am I indulging every sick and sorry thought or emotion? <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> Number two. Am I repeating past trauma or imagining future tragedy? Hmm. I've, I've lived that a lot, actually. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I always think that when I come in contact with a certain person, 
like a guy that it's going to be like something from my past or trying to get in a relationship. I'm supposed to trust my significant other and uh, it doesn't happen quite that way. It took a while. It It took healing. It does. It does. It takes learning how to trust again. Yeah, being disciplined. Yeah. And if you didn't learn to be safe as a child, it's very difficult to know how to be safe as an adult. And you're still, you never had all of those developmental stages to go through. So you really don't know how to respond as an adult. So you really got to be patient and gracious with yourself. So number three. Am I going to live my life in fear and anxiety? Hmm. Yeah, you got to take control over that. And if you don't recognize that, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to live my life anxious anymore, and, and you don't know that you have the power to stop it, you're going to stay stuck. Yeah. Number four. Am I letting my emotions enslave me? Undisciplined thinking produces undisciplined emotions. Ooh, that's strong. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Uh, exaggerated. Exaggerated yeah. emotions. Number five. Uh, Does my passive thinking produce racing, uncontrollable thoughts? Yes. Passive thinking means I'm, it's just, the thoughts are just coming up, coming up, coming. And I'm not stopping them. I'm not changing them. I may not even know that they're there or even be listening to them, but they are changing my mood. And eventually, if I sit still, I can hear it. And I can hear what that noisy stuff is. Okay, right here. Uh, Do not ignore emotions, but do not indulge them either. Instead, master your emotions and use them as your teachers. Now, we've talked before on this show about how to identify your emotion and observe it, but don't let it be your identity. Your identity is in Christ. It's not in your emotions. So as my identity is in Christ, then I can release it and say, yep, I feel stupid. Yep, I feel anxious. And I feel it, but it's not me. I am not stupid. I am not anxious, but I feel it. And then I can sit with it and say, Lord, why do I feel this way? Okay, so futile thinking, number one. Um, are my thoughts about past things I cannot change? Okay, that's futile. What futile means it's worthless. Okay, number two. Are my thoughts focused on future unpredictability? Hmm. Yep, that's like making problems before there are problems. Yeah. <laughs> number three. Am I thinking hard about an impossible situation to fix it? Now, sometimes I've had um, loved ones that have been in addiction and I think if I can think it harder and longer I can fix it well I it don't matter how long I think it and how long I stress I can't fix it it's not my it's not my problem so of course I can't fix it number four am I worrying nonstop about how to stay sober or responsible if so this can make my suffering extremely intense well and then your focus is on being sober and not being healthy not being strong So we want to make sure that our thinking is not futile. So letting go of uncontrollable things is hard work. So, you know, a lot of times, and I have a detachment book I'm working on, and one of the main principles in it is I let go, I detach, not because I care less, but because I care more for my sanity. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And so sometimes, honey, if there are thoughts that are just tormenting us, we just got to let them go. Yes. We just got to decide, okay, I've thought this all day, and (laughs) I'm still in the same rut. I got to get out of here. So let's look at what structured thinking looks like. Number one. Get alone and set a timer for 15 minutes and think all your hard thoughts intentionally. You may need to grieve some losses. This can be a literal death well. Yeah, sometimes I sit and write, dear God, I hate this. I hate that. Why did you let this? But by the time I get to the end of it, I'm like, okay, 
all right, the Lord knows what he's doing, and I'm going to trust him. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your house than be sitting with the wicked, so I'm good. Okay, number two. Then I want you to get up and refuse any thought about the circumstances you cannot change. Now I give you permission to enjoy your day. I give you permission to enjoy your day. And you know what? I've done that a few times to some of them I've prayed with, and they're like, they take this deep breath, and they're like, really? I haven't enjoyed a day in a long time. You know, and instead they carry such weight of guilt or shame or problems from the past or or just things that have happened to them that they can't let go of, and it, and it really ruins the present moment. So number three. If your thoughts are, are obsessive and you cannot stop them, tie a positive thought around your neck with a string and a three-by-five card and say to yourself, every time you catch yourself thinking negatively, this will retain, retrain the pattern of your thinking and break negative, obsessive thought patterns. Hmm. Take every thought captive to the Word of God, to the tearing down of strongholds. If I write that on a three-by-five card and tie it around my neck and say it 50 times and when I'm obsessing, guess what? I can't remember the first word. Yeah. But after a little while, I got the whole thing because yes. I've said it 50 times, and I've interrupted that noisy thought pattern that was destructive and replaced it with the Word of God. And now I catch myself singing. And I'm like, look at that. The word of God is stronger, (laughs) more powerful. It's a sword that cut asunder to the bone and the marrow to be a discerner of the spirit and the heart. And there it was and discerned what I really needed to be thinking about. So there is a power in the word of God to to just tie that word around you. Just sit with the Lord and get a word in the morning. Number four. Sometimes it takes 100 times of saying a good thought or repeating a scripture, hoping God. The Lord is my refuge and strength. Be strong and courageous. This is painful, but I do not have to be afraid. Mm. These little mottos need to replace every passive anxious thought to break obsessive patterns. And a lot of times if you don't have thoughts, you just have anxiety, you still got to sit with it. You got to pull that stuff up. You got to write or you're not going to know what needs healed. So number five. Turn music on and practice singing and dancing every day. <laughs> it's very hard to sing with kids or to dance or to do preschools and to be sad. It's very I hard. I wouldn't worry about the kids as much as I would the neighbors. You know, they would probably bang on the <laughs> wall right. and be like, hey. <laughs> All right, well, we'll keep the blinds closed. <laughs> Number six. If I get overwhelmed again, I mourn and grieve for five minutes and then let go of what I cannot change and purpose- purposefully stay in the present and enjoy my day so if i'm staying in the present what i mean by that is that i can smell a flower i can feel the breeze i can see the sun i can watch the clouds i can enjoy the rain (laughs) you know and that's what i mean about staying in the present and it's very powerful because now it's like oh all right there's nothing really going on right now this is okay i'm okay it keeps the noise away too it It does. does yeah and just connecting to me okay number seven when i do this i sometimes find Sweet little children at my feet who need a smile or a hug. Mm-hmm. I hear the birds singing and can enjoy flowers again. Yeah, Josh had a couple of kids this weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> so when you do recovery, things start coming back a little at a time, a little at a time, but you got to stick with it long enough to get that to come back. And it takes about three years, sometimes five years, to unravel everything that was undone in, in, uh, when you were growing the wrong way. That's a fact. I tell my sponsees, look, you spent 30 years messing your life up. Take your time. Take your time. My number one rule to you is take your time. Mm. 
Yeah, and give yourself that grace. Yes. That you, it's okay not to be exactly where you want to be today yes. as long as you've got a goal. Okay, so number eight. I give you permission to take time to care emotionally and physically for yourself. Mm. This is not selfish. It is nurturing self-care. I call this de developing a sanctified self. So, so, so many times we've told, oh, you're so selfish. You're so selfish. Well, you know, no is not a selfish answer sometimes. Sometimes it's a, it's a thing that's going to help me stay on top of it where I can take care of me. And then I can be I can be good for somebody else. Does yes. that make sense? No is a complete sentence. It is. Okay, number nine. Undisciplined thinking makes me grumpy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this all disappears when I take charge of what I allow myself to think and feel. Yeah, so if you interrupt my noisy thoughts, you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be, it's going to, I may not even know it. I'm just coming off grumpy at you, and I don't even realize I'm doing that. Wow, I didn't realize it until just now, until I read that. That, it, that is a fact. It that is, is a fact. fact. If you interrupt my noise, I could seem grumpy because maybe I am grumpy because even though I want to get out of the noise, I, I've been interrupted. You know yeah, what I mean? But you're arguing with yourself. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Somebody walks in unsuspecting going, hey, what you want for yeah. lunch? And you're like, wah! Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so that's really real. So understand that when you do that, to look at the person and say, hey, this is not about you. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm, I'm kind of like dealing with this noise here. <laughs> so number 10. I cannot control my thinking unless I am calm and give myself enough space to hear my subconscious thoughts. Then I need to feel, process, and detach from my exaggerated or rational emotions. Yeah, no, in the trauma book, we, I teach you how to do this. I teach you how to pull up, how to stop your conscious thoughts, pull up those subconscious ones, and start releasing them. And we have about 95% of our thoughts the same as they were yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. So unless we start working on those and, pre -pro and reprogramming them, we're stuck. Yes. Okay, so keep reading. As I search the scriptures to find the cause of mental instability, I found that unbelief was often a common thread. Mm. Then there were other times the people of the Bible were going through a time of testing and refining. Okay, so there's unbelief that I need to tell the Lord that I just can't believe anymore, Lord. You're going to have to help me. And then there's other times that I'm going to be like, okay, I'm counting it all joy. <laughs> this must be a test. I'm going to get through the other side of this. But I don't have to look at circumstances and think that um, everything has to be perfect. I need to look at circumstance and think, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? Yeah. Because if not, I'm going to be right back there in a few weeks. And while I get to be a part of this lesson, mm -hmm. gratefulness. Mm -hmm. The secret for me to find deliverance from such mental instability is to agree with God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sin sinful nature. That's Romans 3.23 and Romans 7.18. So the primary character trait to develop is humility. It is our responsibility to humble ourselves before God and man. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. James 4.10. Humility is a pre prerequisite. Prerequisite. To finding Christ, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. James four six. Keep going. There is a child like faith needed for my conversion. conversion. Except you be converted and become as little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew eighteen three. Uh, so we know 
we have entered the kingdom when we find peace. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's Romans 14, 17. And, and Jesus says that the kingdom's here and now. If you'll just receive it, it's here and now. So I want you to know that until you have found peace, you need to just keep wrestling with this thing and sit with it and say, I want my peace. And that's what you need to be seeking, is your peace even in the midst of storms. Yes. Not uh, resolution from the social issues and the problems and the probation or parole or the fees and the fines. Those are just, those are just things that's gonna take time to unravel. What you need is peace. That's correct. Okay, keep going. There needs to be conversion from unbelief. Unbelief gives us no mental rest. Sometimes my fear and anxiety are off the charts. This is when I need to choose to believe and enter his rest and cease from my own works. This means I stop striving to fix everything. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Hebrews 4.10. So if I'm not resting, Josh, if I'm anxious, that means I'm doing my own work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not relying on God. I'm, not, I'm doing my own work. Yeah. It's like, whoa, uh, okay, and it says, it says, okay, they wouldn't enter into my rest. They refused because they were doing their own thing. Yes. So every time I don't have peace, I wrestle with it until I get my peace again. And that's a maturity skill. That's an emotional uh, maturity skill that we got to learn. My mental illness disappears when I transferred the focus from myself and my situation and purposefully placed my faith in the sovereignty of god and believe that no matter what comes god it god is on my side the lord is with me on my side i will not be afraid what can man do to me psalm 118 6 again again i choose to believe he is doing a good work in and through me being confident of this that he who begins a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of christ Jesus. Philippians 1 6. So what I, what I what I teach is that when you come into salvation and you feel that oh that excitement with the Lord, it will go away and it will disappear if I do not choose to believe, if I do not choose to hold that and start transforming my thoughts. Uh, the enemy will come in and rob that from me, and I'll lose it. And I'll think, oh, that must have been fake. That must not have been real. Instead, I didn't do the work to transform my mind. Does that make sense? Yes. I got to do the Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, it's your reasonable service to transform your mind. So I want you to start disciplining your thoughts and transforming your mind. Right here. When I exchange my thoughts for God's thoughts, I have empowered myself to obey his command. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3? 2, yeah. Yes. So the exercise today is to repeat after me. Lord, if you can make something of this mess, please do. Because I can't. <laughs> so this is like waving a white flag of surrender and stopping my own work and entering God's rest that is meant for me to experience every day. Now this emotionally immature believer with undisciplined, impulsive, negative thinking has been transformed into a lighthouse of faith. Help others find their way in a storm. <laughs> What's a lighthouse do? 
finds a way in a storm. That's right. It's literally setting in the fog, and it's like, over here, over yeah. here, here's the shore, over here. You don't have to be lost anymore, over <sighs> here. So I want you to apply this to your life. Observe emotions as teachers. This will guide us into critical thinking to resolve inner conflicts. Emotions are not me. Emotions are not my identity. I intentionally practice developing confidence to face life with courage. The enjoyments of the day, of the day depends upon the self-control to decide what I will and will not indulge in my thinking and how long I will indulge it. Mm. The ability to weather any storm or new crisis depends upon the development of mature thinking skills to rise above negative thinking traps and emotions. <laughs> now, when a storm comes, if you are wrapped up into the temporal, into circumstances, you're gonna, your world's going to get really small and you're going to be really anxious. But if you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to speak to this storm. I'm going to speak to that peace within me and say, peace, I need you right now. And you're going to find peace in the middle of any storm. So my emotional stability can be no greater than my thought life. So the principle here is? Intentional thinking and develop mental stability. Yeah, so my intentional thinking will develop my mental stability. So if you're unstable mentally, it's because you're not taking control of your thought life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, in conclusion. In conclusion, expose any undisciplined thoughts and its destructive forces and refuse it. So I've seen people relapse. And it's very sad, but you can see it coming, sometimes yes. for six days, sometimes for six weeks, sometimes for six months. But if they don't get a handle on their anxious thoughts, it's only a matter of time. Yes. If they don't, if they don't uh, pull in those undisciplined thinking. So undisciplined thinking is a lack of my understanding of who I am in Christ and the work of salvation that he has done in me. I may be unaware of the blessed resources available to me. Perhaps I have never been taught how to trust Christ in every area of my life. Perhaps I never knew peace abides in a trusting relationship with the Lord. Perhaps I have not understood how to go into my prayer closet and shut the door to noxious emotions and the outside world. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Matthew 6.6 6. So I've watched Josh over the last nine months or so and he doesn't worry about what's coming next <laughs> uh he basically says I, I i'm just gonna praise god and i've seen it roll right in <laughs> one blessing right after the other right after the other that's a fact <laughs> god tell, is a blessing yeah, tell us a little me. bit about that um well i come to i, I started this program lifehouse mm -hmm. okay and i was in addiction probably 32 years of my life whoa and uh <clears throat> I come to Lifehouse like five years ago, and they made us. They make us go to church, and I really had the concept of God my, most of my life because of my grandpa, but I really never gave in and really let him let him take control. You know, the we know that the first step of is admittance. You know what I mean? The admitting that my life is unmanageable, and I know now that every day I admit that my life is unmanageable. But I have a father that is strong. It's big shoulders. Mm -hmm. And as long as I walk with him, <laughs> I, I never have to worry. Uh, my life is is very, very good right now. Uh, he gives me everything I ever asked for. I couldn't <laughs> even ask for anything else. 
I'm, I have I wealth. It. I love it. I love it. <laughs> he gives me wealth every day. He does. He does. Peace of mind. He does. Yes. Yep. And you've learned how to hold it. Yes. Yes. So if the door, if the church doors open, you could see Josh there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He deserves it. Yeah. Right there. Currently, I am at the beach listening to the rhythm of the rolling waves. In the past, I would have had the skills to stop my passive worries and allow myself to enjoy such a beautiful day. But today, I'm at peace. I have only hope and dreams of goodness, kindness, and recovery for you. I am focused on your healing and sending my love. You too can find deliverance from your undisciplined thinking. Amen. So it's okay. So the undisciplined thinking has got to be reined in, and I want you to sit and, and turn on a little a little YouTube thing that's got the ocean waves and listen to those waves and let them roll and just let it sink your breath with it and just reattach to yourself so that you can start trusting yourself. So may you be strong and courageous and place your hope in the Lord, and that's Psalms. 3124. Now we're going to let Josh pray us out of here. Lord God Almighty, deliver me from confusing, bracing thoughts, which drive me to destruction. Stabilize and ground me in your word. Help me to speak your promises over my life. Help me to find that safe inner closet within me to go into your presence anytime and experience your peace and safety. Thank you for your continual love. Help me to know when to fight and when to yield and stop striving that you may show yourself strong in my life. Amen. Amen and amen. And this is The Rock of Recovery, and this was Lesson 5, and I'm Angie Meadows, and... I'm Josh Bond. (laughs) (laughs) And we're, we're closing out, and we'll give you the next lesson in just a moment.